BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Imagine having your lips cut off. 
I think about this sometimes. I think about it because we tell these stories about terrible things that happened to people long ago. And we're so removed from it by time, can't see pictures of it, that it almost doesn't seem real. I mean, look, I sit here every single day and I tell you a story from history, 30,000 foot view story. Remember, if any of this stuff fascinates you, dig. I have to, I have to gloss over so much or the show would be 10 hours a day. But we tell these stories in sometimes, even to me, they just seem like stories. Something somebody made up somewhere. Especially the ancient, ancient stuff that's extra horrific. We talked about Assyrians before. We'll talk about them a little today. That's not what we're focusing on. But the things they used to do to people flaying people alive it doesn't seem real it's 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 something it's something out of the game of thrones it's not real but it is real that person may have lived long long ago but was a very real human being a very real human being that had to go through something like that. What goes through your mind? You are sitting in a Babylonian court. You're being judged. They have a law. They have judges. We'll get to that in a minute. And they pass down a sentence that you have to have your lips cut off. Your eyes gouged out of your head. What? What does that feel like? Because and I, I say this because I have this fascination with law and order and courts and cops and judges and lawyers. And really, I have this fascination with prisoners. I think about this all the time when we see a, a prisoner on TV these days. You know, they'll do the in-courtroom video or sketch. And you're sitting there facing the death penalty, and you don't know what the jury's going to say, and you sit there and they stand up and say the word guilty. What does that exact moment feel like? Is it so horrible it doesn't even seem real? And that's for... That's for an American prison. I'm not saying our prisons are great, but that's not a sentence to have somebody slice your lips off. What does that feel like? It is It is something how absolutely vicious the ancient world was. Maybe we didn't know any better. Maybe maybe that was just how it had to be. But it is amazing that that is real, that that stuff really happened. So we're going to do just a brief overview of a story today. 
Mesopotamia. We're going to focus on ancient Iraq, Iran, Israel. Obviously, none of them were called that at the time. We're going to focus on that area and the beginning of it, or the beginning of what we know. The first real civilization we know is probably one you haven't really heard of before, Sumeria. Sumeria is the one who really laid down a lot of the framework you know. People began to come together. They began to come together so they could farm in mass. They began to come together more and more in these larger cities for protection. Protection against raiding tribes, protection against violence. And this civilization arose called the Sumerians. And what's shocking is we know a lot about the Sumerians, even though we're talking 6,000 years ago. We know a lot about the Sumerians because they wrote things down on clay instead of paper. We lost, we've lost so much of history. We've lost so much history that came after the Sumerians, but a lot of that's because it was written on paper. Building burns down, written on paper, history gone. Sumerians are etching their stuff on clay tablets. We still have them today. And the Sumerians came up with writing as far as we know. And do you know why writing came about initially? It came about because people were gathering in these cities and there was no way to keep track of the logistical needs of a city without writing something down. So they created writing. The Sumerians created the wheel. They really were the civilization there. Now, I'm not going to go into this because I know somebody's going to scream at me that, no, you don't understand that the, the Chinese were already doing this. The China, I know that. I know that because we can only go off of what we think we know. But there's so much that didn't get written down. There was probably a gigantic civilization out there before the Sumerians that got wiped off the map and didn't have writing and therefore we'll never ever know about them. Lost to history. But the Sumerians are here and they begin to settle this area. Like I said, big cities, farming. And then we get the Akkadians. Now what the Akkadians were to the Sumerians were stupid immigrant barbarians. Tell me if you've heard this story before. Large, powerful empire has some rough and tough immigrant people it considers to be barbarians, allows them within its borders, does not properly disperse them in its borders. They grow in size and grow in size until one day they are more powerful than the country that allowed them in and they take it over. No, I'm not doing some American immigration comparison. It's just stunning how often that happens throughout history. We welcomed them in. And now there's a lot of them. Well, now there's a lot of them. Oh, wow. Now they're running the show. And a man rose out of this called Sargon the Great. What a great ancient name. Sargon the Great, the Circadian king. And while Sumeria gets a lot of credit for being 
one of the first settled societies, you know, riding the wheel, things like that. Sargon the Great gets most of the historical credit for teaching the world what an empire is. Isn't that odd that nobody knew that? It just wasn't something that occurred to people. Wait a minute. Hold on. I can I can take a powerful army and take over there and take over there and take over there and it'll all be mine? I wonder if, and I know this is a stupid thing to wonder. I get that. I wonder if that happened on purpose or if that was one of those things that just kind of happened. You know, you you have your Sargon the Great. You have this powerful army. You have your city, the city next door to you. You guys get in a tussle over something. And so you just fight them and you beat them and you're looking around and you think, I like it here. I think I'll stay. And then you get in another argument with the next city over and the same thing happens. You look around and you think, I like it here. I think I'll stay. And soon... You own it all. Either way, it didn't end with Sargon. These are uncertain financial times, and boy, is that putting that mildly. (laughs) We have, I mean, you heard these numbers. I just talked about it on the show today. You heard the numbers about small businesses going out of business, large corporations going out of business, 50 million people unemployed. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to wake you up. Don't look at that stock market number and convince yourself the economy's fine. Convince yourself that, well, everything will be fine. There's going to be a correction because you can't rot out the pillars that hold an economy up and not have consequences, and that's what we're doing. It's not a time to panic. The sky isn't falling, but it is a time to get yourself a gold IRA so you can diversify. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Get you up to $5,000 in free gold and silver coins. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Sargon the Great is great, creates for himself an empire, but it doesn't last forever because nothing lasts forever. And remember, they're all just trying to figure this out at this point in time. They're all working this out. And to hear me talk about it is going to make it sound like this this lasted, you know, it's 20 years and they they figured things out. We are quite literally talking about thousands of years. It's just so long and things take so long in the ancient times. After Sargon the Great, the Amorites came. I know you've heard of them. They were also considered to be barbarians. Tell me if you've heard, stop me if you've heard this before. And then the Amorites began to really settle down, create big cities. And out of big cities they created came what we know as Babylon. 
Now, Babylon is an interesting, interesting society. Babylon's interesting for a couple different reasons. One, everybody who came after them was fascinated by them and admired them for the most part. I'm talking about people like the Greeks, the Assyrians, we'll get to that in a minute, who existed with them, the Romans, they admired Babylon. You've heard probably of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You've seen a million TV shows and movies named Babylon something. You can go Google it. There's something about this society that fascinates us. Also, eh, didn't exactly get the best press in the Bible. Understandably so. Clearly, God was not a fan. You could, it's not just, not just the old Bible either. We'll get to, we'll get to the stuff with Nebuchadnezzar and the Jews, but you can find Babylon and revelations. They're talking about the whore of Babylon. I'm sorry to put it so bluntly, but that's, it's right there. So there was uh there was a divide there. Understandably so. Keep in mind as we talk about Babylon today and Babylon's advancements and Assyrians and things like that. And obviously there are historically some really cool things. We're also talking about people who practiced child sacrifice. Never a good thing. And let's just dwell on that for a moment because I always find this to be sick and still fascinating at the same time. Religions like the Babylonians, they're going to come up with a religion, and they did. And they had gods of barley and gods of this and gods of gods of that. But their main god was Marduk. How do you, in the process of creating your religion over a long period of time, how do you look at children and think, if we kill that child, that will be helpful. I, I, just, I, I can. The thing is, with all these ancient societies and the different ways they, they, they view things and they create all these gods out of thin air and stuff. I get it. I, 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 I'm not encouraging it, but I understand it. Uh, the ancient Greeks. Do you have a god of war? You have a god of the ocean, Poseidon. A god of the underworld, Hades. You're trying to make sense of the world. Okay, fine. I, I get that. How does one get from that to let me murder this baby. And I understand we are all products of our culture. You've heard me talk about it a million times. That's why I try not to judge historical people because they were just, they were following whatever was acceptable in their culture. But again, it's a child. If you're the priest, parent, priestess, whatever it may be, and you're told to do this, is there nothing inside of you that says this isn't right? And we're not even just talking about, not that this would be any better, we're not talking about laying the child down for lethal injection here. We're talking throwing your child into the flames. How does one get to be that evil, and not only that evil, a society that accepts it. Not one person. There's always one nut out there. A society 
that accepts that. That blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. So we'll set that aside for now, but keep in mind that's what we're dealing with. But the Babylonians rise, and they rise quickly. And setting aside the child sacrifice stuff, they really lay down the model for the ancient world as what a airfingers quote civilized society should be. We're talking cities of a hundred thousand people. That is so absurdly massive. They didn't have cities of a hundred thousand people for centuries after this. That is absurdly massive. The Assyrians were doing it too. And Babylon rises up and they become this center of, of culture, of science. They're studying the stars. It was really interesting as I was doing a bunch of reading on Babylon. They're scientists. They were huge on science and studying nature and studying this. Their scientists were very much not necessarily part of their religion, but under the umbrella of their religion. And I got to thinking, what's changed? So are ours now. If you consider our national religion to have shifted from Christianity, haha, up yours, Chris, from Christianity to leftism, and I think and I, I say it has. Obviously, I do not view that as a progression, but it it simply has. Scientists in any society serve under the umbrella of that society's religion. They do. But anyway, Babylon, extremely advanced. And a man comes along and creates something that's going to sound odd. It's going to sound odd because... How could you create something that's always existed? Well, he it didn't always exist. Hammurabi or Hammurabi, depending on how educated you are, and you know how educated I'm not. He rises as a ruler of Babylon. The man reigned for 43 years, which in and of itself is incredible. To live for 43 years back in these times is amazing. Reigned for 43 years, and he came up with written down established law, a rule of law. It's called Hammurabi's Code. Isn't it astounding to think about that not existing at all before Hammurabi? Isn't that amazing to think about? It was one of those things where the strong ruled the weak, societies were ruled by monarchs, cases of crimes whatever they may be, are decided by the king or by the king's appointed governors or by the king's appointed judges. Now you ask Jesse, but what were those crimes? Again, totally decided by the king, totally decided by the governor, completely up to them. Guess what? I just decided what you just did to crime. Okay, well, what does that mean? It means we're going to gouge your eyeballs out. I just decided that too. And a man came along and said, we're going to change all that and came up with Hammurabi's code. And by the way, it's really, really cool. Again, these people were writing things down, etching things in stone. 
We know what Hammurabi's code was. Hang on. BattleBox is one of the best subscription services I've ever heard of in my life, and it is without question the highlight of my month for my kids, for my boys. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't. It would be fun just by yourself. It would be fun just, just you and your spouse. But I'm telling you, my boys are staring out the door waiting for my monthly battle box to get there, and what kid wouldn't love that stuff? They mailed me a hatchet. They mailed me a tarp. They mailed me flashlights. They mailed me a biodegradable grill. They come with all kinds of biodegradable things, survivalist things, adventure things, outdoor things, starting at just $30 a month. And they include instructions on how to use this stuff. It's like Christmas once a month. And here's the best part. If you go to BattleBox.com, no E, BattleBox.com, and you use the code JESSE, you get 20% off. BattleBox.com, coupon code JESSE. Yes, I see what's going on in Wisconsin, and yes, I'm going to give you my thoughts on it in just a few here. We're just going to talk a little bit more ancient world stuff. It's, it's cool. I find this stuff to be supremely fascinating, and I'd love to take a quick time machine trip back to Babylon and check things out. Maybe stop a child sacrifice or two, Chris, on the way out of town, throw the child in my time machine, teleport back. That would probably be a bit of an adjustment for the little tyke, and depending on how old he is, but... Yeah, no, this is an iPhone. No, we don't no, we don't etch things on a tablet. No, why are you pooping in the road? What I'm kidding. I think they had toilets quit. Now, Babylon rises becomes this cultural center. A lot of people get confused about Babylon and Assyria because it's really easy to get confused. Who came first? What they kind of came up together. Babylon rose in the south. Assyria rose in the north. Babylon, by all accounts, was the more powerful one early. And then the Assyrians rose. And, well, like we talked about on that show, the Assyrians were militarily absurdly good. And their culture was absurdly brutal. And the Assyrians rose and dominated everybody around them. And eventually, they took over Babylon. But Babylon is one of those places, if it sounds like I kind of admire them, child sacrifice or not, it's because I do. And this is the reason why. It's not all the science stuff and all that. Babylon, everybody eventually found out it's just virtually impossible to have Babylon as part of your empire because they will always rebel. They don't think they're supposed to be part of your empire. 
They're just always going to give you problems no matter what. Eventually, the Assyrians, they get a king named Sennacherib. Sennacherib, as always, has all kinds of problems with Babylon. Now, I should lay out for you, while the Assyrians were brutal and tearing people's skin off and and doing all the terrible things Assyria is known for doing, and they did take over Babylon, they still had a humongous admiration for Babylon. They, When they took it over, they essentially decided that's kind of our cultural center too. Again, everybody admired Babylon. Sennacherib, however, can't seem to get Babylon under control. It's driving him insane. He eventually sends his son down there to rule Babylon. All right, I'm sending my boy down to get you people in line. Well, Sennacherib's son takes a bunch of the Babylonians and fights a little battle with someone else. I'm not going to go into it. It doesn't matter. Sennacherib's son dies in this battle. Again, this is the era where kings were supposed to be with the army, oftentimes in the front of the army. In my opinion, those are better days. You see you're a lot less willing to start a war when you're the one catching an arrow in the face. Sennacherib, however, did not appreciate the Babylonian efforts to protect his boy. And when I say did not appreciate, I mean he gathered up an Assyrian army, marched down on a city he already controlled, surrounded it, killed every man, woman, and child inside, and razed the city to the ground. He actually has, we have direct quotes from Sennacherib talking about how he tore down every stone and flooded the place on purpose. He screwed up the irrigation. Like I, I, I want it gone forever. But again, those resilient Babylonians, it's tough to keep them down. You killed everybody. You raised the city to the ground. Not everybody, but most of the people. You raised the city to the ground, and yet Babylon starts to make a comeback. And starts to make a comeback. And Sennacherib eventually went away, and it should be noted, even the Assyrians were horrified by what Sennacherib did to Babylon because they loved Babylon. And the Assyrians did not stay in power forever. It's very difficult to stay in power forever forever when you're so brutal to everybody because you make a lot of enemies. How many times have we had this conversation about our own daily lives, yours, mine? You don't have to pile up enemies. I see people do this so often now. I see people do it on social media all the time because it's not personal to you stop piling up enemies it's fine to have enemies lord knows i have plenty of them they've been calling trying to get me kicked off the air for a week yeah a lot longer than a week that's right chris but still it's fine to pile them up if it's not intentional don't pile them up on purpose at least not in your own industry. Anyway, the Assyrian Empire begins to break up and fall. They're splitting up, and the Babylonians rise again, and now we enter into a period of time that's also going to sound familiar to you 
the Neo-Babylonian Empire and a man named Nebuchadnezzar II rises. Yes, Chris, that Nebuchadnezzar from the Old Testament. You've probably heard of him before. Hanging Gardens of Babylon, one of the seven wonders of the world. Do you know that how, how that came about? Well, remember, they're always forging alliances in the old days. Always. And how are alliances forged in the old days? You know, we've talked about it before. Marriages. I've got a son. He's going to be my heir. Can he have your hot daughter? I have a hot daughter. It would, do you like how she looks, King? You're welcome to have her. Then we're friends. And Persia was on the rise now, and the Babylonians wanted to get to know the Persians well, wanted to be buddies with the Persians. Nebuchadnezzar marries a Persian wife. She gets down to Babylon and misses Persia. Persia, most of Persia was very green and lush. I've been where Babylon is. Like physically, I've been there. It's in Iraq. Ah, not green and lush, to put it mildly. (laughs) It's very brown. It's very brown, very rocky, very sandy. Not what I would consider lush territory by any stretch of the imagination. Apparently, Nebuchadnezzar's bride shows up and says, Gosh, it is dusty around here. I would love something green. And so he created some gigantic temple that they had, obviously, they had to irrigate to it and created all this grass, not not grass, but all all this plant life. Look, I don't know. I'm not a plant person, Chris. Some people, are you a plant person, Chris? I'm not a plant person. But Nebuchadnezzar creates the Hanging Gardens of Babylon for his Persian wife. And we're getting to the point in time now where they bring in some Jews. Not willingly. Baby, you've read that before. The Jewish exile to Babylon is obviously a huge part of the Bible. And frankly, you could probably call it the beginning of that feeling in Judaism of being taken away from your homeland where you always want to return. Chris, do I have that right? That's probably pretty fair. Probably pretty fair. I don't like to speak for Jews too often. I let Chris do for that. Do that. And that is the Babylonian kingdom. Fascinating, fascinating people. Now, we're going from Babylon to Wisconsin. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Simply Safe makes having home security easy. And home security never used to be easy. I know I'm a huge security fan, and so I've had a home security system forever. And it's always been a gigantic pain in the rear end. You get this lousy customer support. You always get some pushy salesman trying to upsell you. Well, for another $150 a month, you can. It's horrible. And then when they come to install it, 
Oh, well, we'll try to be there between noon and Christmas time. It's always something like that. Not at Simply Safe. It's Simply Safe. You just go online, pick out what you want, they mail it to you. You open the box, place the sensors. Fun to do as a family, by the way. Open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and you're done without a contract. Starting at just $15 a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. People are dead in Wisconsin. Just a brief recap here of what happened in case you've been living under a rock. (sighs) Another police shooting. I shouldn't say another police shooting. It's not like there are a lot of them. You know, statistically, there just aren't that many of them at all. (laughs) Like at all. But everyone gets magnified 10,000 times because of social media these days. And because Democrats in the American media want to exploit this for their political purposes. Cops show up. Dude is in the middle of doing something. I don't know. I'm not going to go into details of it because I don't want to. Look, it doesn't matter. Jacob Blake is there. He's in a wife beater. Cops are giving him orders at gunpoint. He's ignoring said orders. He storms over to his car, rips open the door, reaches for something inside. We don't know what. Gets full, filled full of holes, seven of them, right in the back. Of course, because this is the environment we're in, and because we've told people they should loot, riot, burn, and murder whenever something bad happens to a black guy, people take to the streets. Only here's the problem. This is not Atlanta. This is not Portland. This is not New York City. This is not Chicago. This is not Seattle. This is Wisconsin. And what did I tell all of you at the beginning of these Black Matters or Black Lives Matter riots? What did I tell all of you? There's a reason I call myself the Oracle and hope other people will call me that too. (laughs) Quick, Chris. There's a reason I call myself the Oracle. I told you for a fact, these people are now so emboldened, they're going to move to the suburbs at some point in time. When they move to the suburbs, some of them are going to die. Why? Because people move to places like Wisconsin to suburbs on purpose. For safety, I love to eat. Love it. So why don't I live in downtown Houston where I can have 8 billion outstanding restaurants in five minutes away? Because I want the safety of the suburbs. You move to the suburbs on purpose. Everything else you like to do is right down here in the city. Food, comedy shows, concerts, bars, sporting events. Why don't I live right next door to to where the Astros play? 
safety. You moved to the suburbs on purpose. And I warned all of you that this was going to move to the suburbs and that some of these Black Lives Matter looters were going to die when it did. Lo and behold, guess what I see this morning when I wake up and look at the news? Dude rolls in there with an AR-15 and murks two of these guys and wounds another one. I don't know the details. I don't know what. He may have murdered them. I don't know. It may have been self-defense. It may have been murder. I don't know the background. I don't know all the details of what happening of what happened, so I'm not speaking on that one way or the other. But the truth is this. Two people are no longer alive now. And they're no longer alive because you got a little too big for your britches and rolled into a place that's different. I'm looking at a video right now of a used car lot, the building at the used car lot, armed citizens on top of it. Why? Because two days ago, you burnt down a family-owned used car lot. The other lots in town, not going to put up with that. Again, let me stress, this ain't Atlanta. This ain't Chicago. People care about safety in these places, and not only do they care about it, they take active measures to ensure their safety. They buy weapons. They use them. Even if they're not people who practice at the range, they hunt, they fish. Keep that scumbag degeneracy in your scumbag cities. I tried to warn everybody not to be mean. I tried to warn everybody so nobody else would get killed. I don't want people getting killed. And I wake up this morning and two people are dead. And you know whose fault all this is? This is the fault of every single mayor and governor who didn't put down these riots immediately. As the old saying goes, nature abhors a vacuum. People will find law and order. They will find protection. And if the state, the city does not provide it, they will get it themselves. Fact of life. You should not have deluded yourself into thinking people were just going to shrug off this kind of lunacy forever. There was going to be a reaction, and here it is. Now two people are dead. Let's be smarter from now on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. 
You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. As big of a cold-hearted jerk as I am, I don't want people dying out there, especially not for idiotic things like rioting and looting and burning. You want to protest something? Protest something. It's your God-given American right to protest something. Fine. Peacefully protest. Have a big, peaceful protest. Have several of them. Fine. I, I don't even have to agree with it, but that's your right. You start looting, you start assaulting people, murdering. It's not a peaceful peaceful protest anymore. And that's a stupid reason to die. Imagine imagine with those two dead people, and I don't know who they are at all. I don't know who did the shooting at all. I heard he's a 17-year-old kid. Imagine what those two people who died, imagine what their parents think. What a stupid reason to have to bury your son. Yeah, wait. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Society seeks a balance. Nature will always try to correct itself. If police, National Guard are not allowed to do their jobs and put down violent violent riots, something else will put down violent riots. That's simply a fact. Democrats can delude themselves thinking thinking people will lay down for this forever. They will not. And now we're in a situation where people have so committed themselves to this idea that black people are being hunted down by police in this country. Now you've backed yourself into a corner of how do you put this down? And here's what I mean. You have bold, violent rioters across the country. You know, I don't care what they say publicly, you know if you're a a Democratic mayor, you know you should put that down. 
You know you have to stop that. Those are your businesses in your town. Shoot, it's your tax base that's getting crushed. Not only getting crushed, leaving town. People are fleeing these cities, home sales through the roof in places like Minneapolis and others. So you know as a mayor, you're staring at the bottom line. Remember, these mayors get profit loss sheets just like you do if you're a business owner. They're staring at, uh, well, that budget, that that doesn't look good. What? These are our expected tax receipts this year? You mean we're going to have to cut some of the money we spend? So these mayors know they have to put these things down, but here's the problem. You wanted a virtue signal. You wanted to prove to everybody how not racist you were, and Black Lives Matter is really wonderful. Woohoo! And now you're in a pickle because to put these things down, to stop these violent riots, you have to put police officers in riot gear, helmets, body armor, batons, pepper spray, the works, and you have to line them up like a Spartan phalanx, and you have got to go beat these rioters off the streets physically. You have to hose them down with pepper spray, baton them, throw people in the back of cop cars with cuffs on. You have to hurt people, and people are going to get hurt and possibly, get this, possibly even die. There's always a risk of death when it comes to clashes like this, and the problem is... What does that image look like all over the media if you do it? That's the problem they're facing. They know. These Democratic mayors know they have to put it down, but how can you do it now? Cops are hunting down black men. Cops are the enemy. Cops are the problems in these neighborhoods. Oh, hey, cops, I need you to go beat up all these black guys who are rioting. You see what I mean? Now it looks really, really bad. Really bad. They are in quite a pickle, and it's a pickle they created for themselves, so I don't have an ounce of sympathy. The people I do have sympathy for in this situation are, one, these business owners who are being wiped out. One of the businesses, I forget their name, in uh, that that town in Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin, one of the businesses already put up a Facebook post. I think it was yesterday, saying, "Sorry, we had a good run, but we won't be able to financially recover from this looting. We're closing it down. Thank you all." That breaks my heart. That sucks. That's who I feel bad for, and I feel bad for the 98, 99% of law-abiding citizens that live in these crappy neighborhoods who are now going to have zero police protection at all. The gangs are going to rule the place. The public is going to turn a blind eye because now we've ramped up racial tension to an absurd point. Absolutely absurd point. And nobody is going to have an ounce of sympathy, or I should say few people are going to have an ounce of sympathy for these poor people who are stuck there when they say, help, send the cops, because now people are so callous to that, they're going to be all, no, screw you, you're on your own. You remember, I talked to my cop buddy, former cop in New York City, and he flat out said, FedEx, 
UPS will not go into these neighborhoods without a police escort because it's a guarantee they'll get robbed. They're not getting police escorts anymore, meaning the poor people that live in these neighborhoods, they don't even get UPS packages now. That sucks. That really sucks. Okay? We're going to find out, setting aside the actual stuff that matters, we're going to find out what this means for elections. I have told you several times, I have no idea how 2020 is going to go, and I can see a scenario where any outcome happens. I can see a Joe Biden landslide victory. 50 million unemployed people across the country. People mad about Trump's coronavirus response, mad about his Black Lives Matter response, whatever the case may be, but 50 million people unemployed. Remember, you only have to flip 50,000 votes spread across the swing state the other way, and Joe Biden's president of the United States. Or I could see Joe Biden squeaking out a win. It's really close. The country's divided. I could see it easily. I, I could lay that out for you easily. I could see a scenario where Trump squeaks one out. People are mad. People are divided, mad at this, mad at that. Joe Biden's too old and weak, though. We just can't go that way. And I can really, really see a Trump landslide because of the riots specifically because of the riots democrats have so so badly in my opinion overplayed their hand when it comes to creating chaos in order to gain power this kind of crap scares people Scared people will seek out strength. And no matter who you like in the election, you don't look at the two candidates and say, Joe Biden's the strong one. He's barely a functional adult. I can see Democrats potentially being in the political wilderness for quite some time. I can see them losing the House, staying out of power in the Senate, and losing the presidency and being out of power. For some time, they have become the party of, and you don't have to, you don't have to like this, but I'm right. They, they have become the party of open anti-Americanism. And that is a difficult message to sell to Americans. They've become the party of every single kind of degeneracy you can possibly imagine. And they've become the party of street riots. Those are not winning issues for any political party in the United States of America. Democrats now, for two election cycles, I don't know if you remember, they did the same thing when Barack Obama was running, or when Hillary was running against Trump, I'm sorry, last election. Burning down Charlotte, Black Lives Matter, riots all over the place. Democrats have convinced themselves that this violence and street rioting is good for business, and I am not so convinced. Am I crazy on that, Chris? I didn't think so. And there's something else. 
Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Simply safe is well, it's more than just easy. It's necessary now. You need to have a home security system now. Look around you out there. It's chaos. People are losing their minds. Get a home security system and you don't have to break the bank. Not with Simply Safe. With Simply Safe, starting at $15 a month, you get professionally monitored home security with emergency dispatch services, police, fire, Medical. You need Simply Safe for your protection and your family's. It, it's just, it couldn't be easier either. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. Pick out what you want. They'll mail it to you. If you go to that, they'll get it to you free and you get a 60 day risk free trial. Once it gets there, you open the box, plug it in, and you're done. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. reached a period of time where Democrats, I can really see them being gone for a long time. And they did this to themselves, but the highest levels of the Democratic machine come out in support of something that horrifies the general public. I'm looking at a headline right here. Joe Biden says Kenosha cops must be held accountable for shooting black man Jacob Blake in the back. This is from CNBC. Well, what if they what if they weren't at fault? But before we know any details, and remember, we don't know any details yet. We don't have all the information yet. The Democratic nominee for president of the United States of America is publicly siding against the cops and with the rioters before he knows any details at all. On top of the fact that that's absolutely gross, it puts them way, way out of touch with the American people. I guess it's just a they feel like they have to for their base thing. But that makes you the party of rioters. That ain't going to fly. And I'll tell you something else, not to get too dark here. If that does fly, man, are we in some serious trouble. <laughs> if, that, if, that is, if that is the direction our culture has gone, if we're that gone, whew, we're, in, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. All right. Now, it's enough of that for now. Jacob Blake's mom blasts rioters for destroying Kenosha and apologizes to Trump. That's something. Poor lady. 
Jacob Blake is still alive, we should mention. Alive in the hospital. I'm assuming he's in quite serious condition, having the fact he's been, considering the fact he's been shot seven times. But who knows? You know, that's kind of incredible to get shot in the back seven times at point blank range and still be alive. What do you mean seven doesn't seem like that much, Chris? What would you consider getting shot a lot? It, it, yeah, he wasn't surrounded by cops. There were two cops, and I think one of them did the shooting. Trust me, getting shot seven times is a lot, Chris. A lot. Yeah, it will, it'll stop. It'll stop plenty of people. You're right. Short of PCP, did I ever tell you about that Iraqi on P on PCP? Dude, it was wild. Absolutely wild. I know. I come up with these stories. I, I, they pop into my head. Okay, I like focus. I'm not going to go into too much detail on it, but we're out on patrol. Four of us in a Humvee. Uh, I didn't. We didn't realize drugs were an, a problem. I don't know how big of a problem they are over there. They're actually more of a problem normally in wealthy societies. So it's not a huge problem over there. But this guy, we had to pull over and apprehend him on PCP and dang near had to cap the guy. Because four United States Marines, and he gave us all we could handle getting this guy down and getting flex guffs on him. And and you can start, and we did, you can start beating him, trying to get him to comply. He don't care. He don't care. We almost had to kill him. It's people, were, it's people were crazy. Did I ever tell you about the ammo dump they blew up? Oh, I didn't tell you this. I shouldn't laugh because people were dead, but still, it's funny. So... We're in this town called Najaf after 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 the war's over, but you know we're we're I mean shoot we're still in Iraq, but we're we're still having to put down all these things all over the country. We got out of this place called Najaf, and part of what we were doing there was guarding these gigantic ammo bunkers that Saddam had created. I mean these things were and, and they're. Their organizational skills were a disaster, and their safety protocols were a disaster. And you'd walk into these gigantic dumps, and there'd be just artillery rounds laying all over the ground. Some of them busted open. There's gunpowder everywhere. It it is. I mean, it is a safety a safety inspector from the United States would walk in there and just die from cardiac arrest. He wouldn't be able to handle it. And we had to guard part of our duties in Najaf was guarding these places to make sure that the terrorists wouldn't break in and jack artillery rounds and such. Because as you saw, these these people can and will do some very dangerous things. You get your hands on an artillery round, you've got a bomb sitting there if you know what you're doing with it. Well, one night, we had been pulled off. We'd been pulled away from them. And now we were just going on random patrols over there, but we weren't standing guard anymore. And these things were, gosh, I'm doing this from memory, and it was nighttime. I would say these things are five, six miles away from where we're where we're based, where we ended up taking over some farmer's market with walls in Najaf. And I'd say five, six miles out into the countryside is where these bunkers are. I, can we see them, Chris? That we're getting to that in a moment. No, you can't really see them. The ground is the ground is flat. You can't see them. Some I mean, look, it could have been ten miles away. It could have been fifteen. I might be messing this up, but they're a distance away. You can't see them. You know generally the direction they are, but you can't see them. Now, in this farmer's market, 
Obviously, because we're fortifying the place, we have sandbags all over the walls, and we've built up little towers all over the place for for machine guns and whatnot to make sure if they come after us in mass, we can defend the place like a fortress. It's nothing like you haven't seen in the movies. No, nothing complicated about it. And I'm making the rounds one night because I'm a non-commissioned officer. I'm an NCO, and I have to make the rounds of all of our guys who are on watch to make sure nobody's asleep, make sure everybody needs everything, you know, the things you do. This is all just standard combat stuff. Nothing special about it. I'm up on the tower one night. I'm up on one of the towers checking on my Marines, and all of a sudden, we look, and it looks, it genuinely looks like a fiery miniature atom bomb has just exploded over by the bunkers. And obviously the whole, everybody comes out and they're checking it out. And it, it was what visually one of the most amazing things ever. Cause it happened in the dead of night. And we're thinking what in the world happened over there? So we have to take off and go check it out the next day. And they bring you from some forensic people along and try to figure it out. But there was very little you could do with what was left behind what they figured was so many of these guys smoke. And they figured one of these guys simply lit up a cigarette in there or ashed in there or something, and it all went off. And this is where I'm going to stop with the details because allow me to just say we had some... clean up to do afterward and they were small pieces they were small pieces (laughs) what chris are we gonna get in trouble i can tell stories it's i can tell stories i realize it's a little dark it's a little dark does everybody have in the military have gallows humor i'll tell you this it's it's really bad in the marine corps and it's really bad, especially with combat troops. And this is not unique to uh, Americans or anything else. They'll tell, so you can hear, read stories like this throughout time. When you are in combat, it is how you cope with the misery of it all and the blood and the violence of it all. I mean, we would laugh at things. We would joke about things that you would be horrified by. Now, you would just be horrified. You would think I'm a subhuman monster. But this is the history of mankind is that. I've read stuff from World War I veterans who would have to make, they'd build up the walls of the trenches with the body parts of their friends, and they would make jokes about it. They would laugh. Oh, look at Bill. It's, it's how you get by. It's, it's, a, it's a coping mechanism. Anyway, that was pretty dark. Hang on. Good night's sleep is necessary, and you don't realize how necessary it is until you start getting one after you haven't had one in forever. I know because I'm doing it now. Ebb sleep has changed things because it's not sleeping pills. Don't you put enough chemicals in your body? It's not sleeping pills. It's not a mouthpiece. It actually targets the root cause of why you can't sleep, those racing thoughts going through your head. And you don't have to take my word for this at all. You can just go 
and try it risk-free for 60 nights. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to use the code jesse at checkout. That gets you 25 bucks off. You don't need pills. You don't need pillows. You need to target those racing thoughts and ebb sleep. They'll take care of them for you. Friend of mine, writer at the Daily Wire and Italian, Amanda Prestigiacomo. Amanda, I'm staring at this article written by somebody, I don't know who, that says RNC digital viewership demolishes the DNC six times higher. One, do you know this person who wrote this? And two, why is it higher? Yeah, the person who wrote it is fantastic. Uh, great friend of mine. And <laughs> it, it was higher because... The RNC, I mean, it is just such a stark contrast with the DNC. Uh, admittedly, I didn't watch the entire DNC. I watched what I had to for work. But, um, you know, we take Michelle Obama's speech, for example. Dark, divisive, doom and gloom, begging people to vote. R- really, really dark. Never once mentioned people, innocent people, being destroyed by riots across the nation, which are affecting everyone showing up and polling everywhere and making Don Lemon super nervous. Um, so very dark, divisive message. And then in the RNC, you know, we got a lobsterman, you know, a sixth-generation lobsterman talking. We have uh, someone who was destroyed by the media, Nick Sandman. I mean, we have people who are speaking out about really important issues, uh, working class issues, a, a woman who was saved by right to try, passed by President Donald Trump, uh, cancer, a cancer patient, who was allowed to try, take a chance with this, you know, fatal diagnosis and saved her life. I mean, these are inspiring messages about unity. And I think that's why we had such a difference in viewership, at least uh, digitally. And, and the production value was way better, by the way, as well. That, that definitely contributes. Why, in your opinion, was the Democrats, why was it so dark? Why was the production value mm. down? You've had four years to prepare for this moment. Why did it show up and you sucked? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously this was digital. This was different. It was virtual, different than a typical convention. So obviously, you know, because of the quote-unquote pandemic, we had to kind of shift things around. So. Yeah, they had some hiccups, but they were facing the same problems as the RNC, right? We had we we had the same issues that we're facing, and the, the the RNC, without the backing of Hollywood, by the way, just pulled off a much better uh, production value, and and the messaging. I mean, the the Democrats are are desperate, and I, I'm not just saying that as like some sort of talking point. You, I heard it last night in Don Lemon's voice on CNN. They they know they're in trouble. Okay, this is not in the bag. For, for Biden, okay, it's not. It's not in the bag for Democrats. They they want you to think it is. It's it's not. They are desperate. They are they are begging people to go out and vote. They're trying these new conspiracies about um, the post office. <laughs> you know, they're they're like consumed with that. They know with with these riots sparking up right now. They know they're in trouble. Any mother, anyone who has a child, anyone who has a niece or a nephew, 
I don't care what they say on Facebook or whatever. They're not getting that voting booth and they're not voting for Biden. They're not voting for riots and destruction and non-peace and against and to defund police officers. It's not happening. So they are terrified. Okay. I I understand that. And I'm probably asking a lot to ask them to have a logical response. But my response (laughs) to you saying that is um, they encouraged all this. Amanda, I know you saw it. You've been all over this the whole time. They Mm -hmm. encouraged these things. They poured gasoline on that fire every chance they got. How are you that stupid? You wake up now and say, whoa, (laughs) these riots are bad for business. Oh, yeah, totally backfired. So the the cities that are being destroyed, I mean, these are leaking into suburbs as well. But, you know, Democrats are seeing this happen to them. So their intent was to divide because that's how they that's how they, they get votes. Right. They have to have a victim and you have to have people oppressing them. So d- divide was their goal. And that was their effort to try to win the vote in November. So they wanted these rights. You're right. But it backfired. They're so out of control. The rhetoric from the radicals, far far left radicals, which are basically mainstream now, <laughs> to defund the police have permeated the base and the, the Democrat base. And you have Democrats, regular people, normal Americans who, who vote Democrat and don't really understand everything going on here below the surface, are like, Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not voting for this. And uh, they're starting to see that now. And and it's panic mode because their plan to divide backfired. <laughs> Okay, so what can they do? Because this is my question, Amanda. We've been talking about mm. this this morning. You're, I see the Oregon governor coming out, talking about we have to stop this, we have to stop this. But haven't they put themselves in an unwinnable situation? Because stop this is not going mm. to happen by asking nicely. You're going to have to have cops batoning people across the grill to stop it. And that's some really bad video if you're a Democrat mm. and you've tried to be king non-racist for the last two months. Yeah, they are in a tough spot. I mean, the only the only way out of this is law and order. That is the only way out. And you would be uh, basically nodding to President Trump that that is the only way for, for peace. Right? We need we need law enforcement. We we need this. So they either, I mean, we just we just need the polls to keep skewing because that's all they care about anyway. So we just need uh, them to just keep doing more polling and seeing that Democrats won't stand for it they're not going to see their their cities be demolished and and when that happens then they'll finally i suppose they'll finally pull the trigger and actually enforce the law and not allow innocent people to have their lives and their businesses destroyed by thugs so i mean it's a tough spot that they painted themselves into this corner so i I have no sympathy for them but they need to they need to actually stand up for americans amanda are we going to see mass lawsuits like this country's never seen mm. between the coronavirus lockdowns and then these these small business owners who've had you know the cop not not so much in Kenosha <laughs> but in these other places they've had the cops flat out called away from their area to protect what's theirs are we going to see a lawsuit America over the next 10 years I bet we are I I hope so I, do too. I hope so I hope every single one of these business I mean they have claims I mean this is they were shut down from from a you know, a pandemic that I won't even get into right now. A lot of fear mongering. You and I have been on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. They were shut down for months, weren't allowed to make an income. And then as soon as they open up, they have destructive, they have their businesses set on fire. Uh, no cops showing up at directives of Democrat leaders. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say they have a case and I, I pray they have lawsuits and, uh, 
and, and we see some justice because there is a lot of injustice now and it's not the kind the left is talking about. You're Joe Biden. What do you do to turn around your campaign? He, he needs to separate himself from the radicals. He needs to. He cannot stand. And I think he's starting to do that. Um, I mean, not him, his handlers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but um, he, he, if he wants any shot at winning, he cannot associate, associate himself with these rioters. He needs to separate from uh, these activists. It needs to stop with the Cardi B nonsense. He needs to get in touch with the American public, be, you know, a Democrat from 50 years ago and 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 stop with promoting the destruction of this of this country. What'd you have for breakfast? I haven't yet. I haven't had any food yet. Just coffee. Two cups of coffee. What is wrong with you? It's it's <laughs> like noon where you live. What is wrong with you? No, it's like a quarter to eleven. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to go for a run. I didn't want to like have a whole breakfast in my stomach when I ran. That's unhealthy. That's un- the body needs food. <laughs> Amanda, don't wa- don't waste away back there. The next time I see you, better not be some stick figure. Oh, there's like no issue there. No, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amanda Giacomo from the Daily Wire. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. I feel kind of bad, Chris, because I haven't eaten breakfast either. But I had an excuse this morning. We've got, look, we have a hurricane bearing down on us. What, Chris? What? It is bearing down. They say this thing's going to be, hold on, let me pull out my hurricane flight path, which always looks hilarious, the hurricane flight path. I understand that's immature, but it does. It looks hilarious. All right. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. I have a BattleBox subscription. And to be honest, it's one of those things, it's so great, you kind of get mad at yourself that it took so long. Because I think about all the battle boxes I missed. Listen, starting at $30 a month, you can get a monthly subscription to BattleBox. And every single month, they send you a new box. And there are various levels to the kind of box you can get. They pick out the best gear you can find. They they also have a show on Netflix called Southern Survival where they'll show you how to use it. They put it through testing. If you don't watch that, they still include instructions on how to use everything. And you, one, you get great gear, field-tested gear every single month. Two, it's like Christmas every month. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com, no E. Use the coupon code JESSE. Get 20% off. The Talk Radio Revolution. Jesse Kelly. You can create a monster a la the story of Frankenstein. Remember, Frankenstein was the doctor, not the monster. 
created a monster he couldn't control. Democrats, I understand they're insane. And it's not as if I'm rooting for them. But how can you be so stupid? How can you get yourself so caught up in the bubble that you ever thought these riots were a good idea? The second these things broke out, Democrats from the highest levels lined up to encourage them, to excuse them, did everything they could to pour gas on that fire. And now... I mean, listen, I want you to listen to this audio from Don Lemon on CNN. Now, they just seem baffled this hasn't worked out. Going to go away. And I do think that uh, this, what you said was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. And it's not going to go away. And so, unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days or 70 so, however many days. 68 days. 68 days. So it's not going to, the problem is not going to be fixed by then. But what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. I'm not sure. Maybe he won't. Maybe he is. He's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it. He's got to do a speech like Barack Obama did about race. He's got to come out and tell people that he is going to deal with the issue of police reform in this country and that what's happening now is happening under Donald Trump's watch and on Donald Trump's watch. And when he is the president, Kamala Harris is the vice president, then they will take care of this problem. But guess what? The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know, and I know it's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. And the Democrats tonight stuck with that, right? And they also stuck with the theme that you said, the coronavirus. You got coronavirus and you have Kenosha. Yeah, but how are you, how are you so stupid? Are... I've we've talked about this before. We're going to talk about this now. Oftentimes in life, personally, business-wise, politically, your football team, whatever the case may be, oftentimes your greatest strength can become a massive weakness, can become a massive blind spot for you. And this is what's happened with leftists in this country. They own the culture. They do. Again, let me say this again so you always remember it. They're not winning the culture war. They've won it. It's over. It's decided. We can try to win it back, but they've won it. So every movie pushing leftist messaging, every TV show now pushing leftist messaging. It is. Don't argue with me. It is. Music, leftist messaging. The entire education system, K through medical school, pushing leftist messaging. The entire American media, pushing leftist messaging. And so when you're a Democrat in that environment, let's say you're a Democrat, presidential candidate, governor, congressman, senator, mayor, whatever the case may be, 
all you get is positive reinforcement about the things you believe. And it can be impossible for you because everyone around you, everywhere you turn, is parroting what you're saying. It can be impossible for you to stay in touch with the American public and how the American public feels. I love these riots. You know what? Screw the cops, man. Screw the cops. The cops are cops are the enemy. Definitely the cops problem in the black community. That's that's the cops problem in Minneapolis. It's the it's all the cops. And the cops are the problem in New York, and cops suck, and cops are the problem in LA, and cops are the problem in Chicago. Yeah. And then you turn on the news at night and everybody's saying what you're what you were saying. Yeah, I knew I was right. And you watch then you watch the newest sitcom comes out. Oh, see, I knew I was right. And then they got a new documentary out on Netflix, uh, anti-cop. I knew I was right. And then one day you wake up and you're 70 days out from the election and you look at the polls and people were horrified by the anti-cop messaging. And you look around thinking, well, well, how how did that happen? It happened because you got trapped in a bubble. When you own the culture, you control Everything around you and everything around you only gives you positive reinforcement. And that can be an absolute killer for everything. Like I said, political parties, whatever the case may be, it could be a killer for me. A killer for me. I'll describe what I mean by that. Hang on. completely ready to adopt a teen for late nights writing english papers for your teen's music taste for dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you for the first time they call you mom you're never completely ready to adopt a teen and you can't imagine the reward to learn more about adopting a teen visit adoptuskids.org brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We all have to be very, very wary of our own little bubbles we create. Democratic Party does. Your business does. I do. I do personally, and this is what I mean. My day, as you know, consists of, we've gone over this before, consists of I wake up in the morning, early, cup of black coffee, Hop in my pickup, drive to the studio. 
sit down with Chris before the show, go over a couple things, talk to phone screener Mitchell. You're welcome to call in, by the way, 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373, or you can email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Thank you for your emails on the escape room, I should mention. I got some helpful escape room tips, Chris. I mean, yeah, I'm stupid. But they were trying to, you could tell they were all trying to be nice about, oh, you're not dumb. You just need to do this, which it was kind of dumb. You weren't. But they were seriously helpful. All right, I'll explain. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh boy. So, this is what I mean by bubble. And this is something I struggle with. And I know I'm going to regret having this conversation because I have a feeling my inbox is going to be full of something. I'll explain here in a second. (laughs) I get up, cup of coffee, get to the studio, hang out with Chris, hang out with Mitchell for a little bit, figure everything out, do the show. I finish that. I immediately go over to the TV studio, start working on the next day's radio show and the TV show that day. I don't even see Chris again. I see Mitchell. Do the TV show. Go home. Wife, kids. That's the extent of my day. Now, that's nice. That's a nice life. I'll put up some posts on social media, some Twitter things, some Instagram things, Facebook thing. Maybe bounce ideas back and forth there, but that's life. Now, that's nice. I'm happy with it. But what am I not getting? I'm not getting any negative feedback that will help me. I have to be wary of my own bubble. And who's going to send you things? I mean, yeah, people, leftists will will, will write in or call in and scream at me. But, like, I care about that. Who's going to offer you constructive criticism on things you're doing wrong if you're me? Nobody or not many. And you need those. I need those things too. I have taken to, and I got this advice from my mentor in this business. I have taken to listening to my own show and that helps a lot. Every now and then I'll turn on my own show and I'll listen to it of, oh, that was boring. Oh, that sucked. That's because there's no one else. Anyone else you talk to? Who are you going to call? Should I call my mom? Oh, it's the best show I've ever heard. You're going to be president one day. Okay, well, that's oh, – thanks, Mom, but that's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't improve the show. I can ask you, you the listener, but again, you listen 
because you like it, which I obviously that's awesome, incredibly flattered. But how can you offer constructive criticism? <laughs> You're listening because you enjoy the thing. You can ask the boss. I ask my bosses, people I work for at TV, radio, but they love it. Oh, you're doing great. Oh, ratings are through the roof. Show's expanding. It's doing great. I understand that. I'm glad it's doing great. I'm glad the show's doing great. Help me get it better. But they're looking at, they're, I mean, they're just looking at the numbers. It looks fantastic. And I'm not really doing this because I want you to write in a bunch of emails about all the reasons I suck. Not that I care. You're welcome to, you know. But I'm doing this because you're in the same situation in your life, too. It can be hard to break out of your bubble and get real criticism, and it's happened to the Democratic Party. I am amazed, amazed that they're just now discovering that rioting and looting is bad for the Democratic chances in November. I'm stunned. Stunned. Talk about being in the bubble. Wow, they're burning down Minneapolis. This can only be good for us. Wait, what? No. All right, Chris. You know how much I hate having to say I told you so. And what? I do hate it, Chris. You think I take pleasure in being right about everything all the time. That's not true. All right, I take a little pleasure in it. But other than that, it's not true. Get this. You remember what I told you was going to happen, one of the things that was going to happen because of the coronavirus lockdown things, I told you this. I told you from the beginning that cities and states who can't print money, that they were all going to be facing massive budget shortfalls. For obvious reasons. People are unemployed and not paying taxes, and businesses are closed and not paying taxes, or flat out going out of business. That is the revenue of a state. They make their money from taxes. And, again, they can't print it. So, to make it really simplistic, if you're a state and you have a $100 million budget, I know they're a lot bigger than that. I'm making it simple, people. You're a state and you have a $100 million budget and you have promised a bunch of campaign goodies, And in fact, you set out a budget for the following year that has you spending $120 million. Okay, you're spending a little more than you're taking in. This is what most of them do. But lots of times things grow. And even if you have a little shortfall, little thing here, little thing there, you move some money around and you're okay. So you made your campaign promises. You promised a couple extra goodies. Spending $120 million next year will be fine, right? Then coronavirus comes around and you tell yourself, uh-oh, I, I better do. So, I better look like I'm the one who really cares about safety. I, we won't have people dying on my watch. Close your business. Close your business. Close yours. Close yours. Close yours. And then you're two or three months into it and you're starting to get word back on the projections for tax revenue for the year. And you're starting to see things like, Wait, we're only going to collect $60 million this year? $70 million this year? Now you are in quite a pickle. You have to find a way to make up that revenue. Governors and mayors 
are going to find ways to make up the revenue losses that they caused and guess how they're going to do it. Reach down right now as long as it's appropriate and grab your wallet because they are staring at it as we speak. They are going to find ways to separate you from your money because of the budget shortfalls they themselves caused with these idiotic coronavirus restrictions. Stupid, pointless restrictions. They're walking around in Sweden right now. The entire country's open without masks on. And not only that, Sweden is openly mocking us. We're being mocked by Sweden. Gosh, that's embarrassing. A third-rate European power is mocking the greatest country in the world because we're so stupid and weak over here. Gosh, it makes me sick. Anyway, so I hear this story last night. Hanging out with a neighbor buddy of mine. Not going to go into the names or locations. They have a house in an area that is a lot of golf carts. It's a, one of those, everybody tools around town, tool, tools around their area and privately own golf carts. Not to go golfing, that's just how everybody cruises around. There's now outrage in the town because the cops in the town are pulling over everybody in a golf cart who doesn't have on a helmet and goggles in the golf cart. Nobody's been pulled over for this before. They dug out an old rule. And why do you think the cops are doing that? Do you think it's because the cops are bad guys? Or do you think orders have come down from on high? We need money. We need money. Here's some extra tickets. You're going, you're not asking, you're going to start citing people for this. And this is only one of a million of these stories I'm going to tell you as these stories come out of them finding new and inventive ways to screw you out of money. And I warned you this was coming. I warned everybody this was coming from the beginning. Talk about short-sighted. We're making fun of these people for their idiotic stance on the rioting and looting. How in the world could they be so stupid to not see this budget stuff coming? (laughs) Oh, man. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Battlebox is the best subscription service out there right now. Starting at just $30 a month, they will mail you a new Battlebox every single month, and they have something for adventure seekers, outdoor enthusiasts, survivalists. Not only that, the Battlebox crew... They put all their gear through rigorous testing to show you how to survive dangerous situations. You can watch their show, Southern Survival. We're talking natural disasters, explosions, intruders, or maybe you're just into cool gear. It's awesome. Or if you don't want to watch the video, they include instructions in there. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com with no E. Use the coupon code JESSE. 
when you when you do that, you get twenty percent off your Battle Box subscription. This is the gift for your husband, brother, wife if she's into it, and your kids will love it too. Battlebox.com, no e coupon code Jesse. This is from the smokinggun.com. Cops say woman beat father over his flatulence. A Florida woman, there's a shock, was arrested yesterday for allegedly battering her father due to his flatulence inside their residence. According to the arrest affidavit, Nicole Dozios, there's a 90% chance I'm pronouncing that wrong, shares a bedroom with... Here's a bedroom with her 59-year-old victim in the home in Largo, a city in the Tampa Bay area. The Tampa Bay area? I thought it was Tampa. The city is called Tampa. Maybe the whole bay, they call that Tampa Bay. Whatever, Chris, shut up. I don't know. Around 2 a.m. Sunday, Dozios became angry due to, with her father due to his flatulence, and an argument ensued. Dozios allegedly attacked her father, punching him in the, oh gosh, that's actually really dark, punching him in the face numerous times. He had a bloodied left eye. Okay, Dozios has a rap sheet, including convictions for theft, violating probation. She was arrested in 2018 for allegedly punching her sister inside of the head of the family's Largo home. Okay, so one, this lady's a psychopath. Two, farting is hilarious. What, Chris? It is. Everybody knows it is. And the problem is, people feel the need to lie about it. And you know who really lies about it? Chicks. Chicks know it's funny, but they feel like they can't laugh about it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious when I walk in a public restroom and some dude is in there just tearing it up. And I know that's juvenile. I understand completely that that speaks poorly of me as a human being. I know. But I am a poor human being. That's just all there is to it. I know. And it's hilarious. Now, let's do a brief PSA before we get back to politics. Hurricane Laura is coming. It's coming now. It's going to be here, I think, 2 a.m. tonight. Chris, look that up. Make sure I'm not giving bad info. It's supposed to come late tonight. I realize that's tomorrow morning. Don't everybody be griping at me. Make sure you track that, Chris. Anyway, so Hurricane Laura is going to be just east of Houston. It looks like, again, this is all guessing, and it's going to blow through that completely eastern part of Texas, western part of Louisiana. And apparently this thing is turning into a brick house. It's already a Category 3, might turn into a Category 4. Now, here's what those categories mean for you people who are stupid and uneducated and didn't do a Google image search 30 seconds before we came back from break. It's called, did you know this, Chris? I bet you didn't. The Saffir-Simpson Hurricane Wind Scale. You did look it up too? Oh, dang it. 
Just let me feel superior, okay? It's my show. Gosh, it's rude. All right. A Category 1 means wind 74 to 95 miles per hour. Very dangerous winds will produce some damage. Category 2, winds 96 to 110 miles an hour. Extremely dangerous. Winds will cause extensive damage. Chris, do me a favor while I'm looking this up. Look up Hurricane Ivan, the one I was in Jamaica for. I've already told that story a million times. I want to know how big that was because I thought I remembered that one being big. The wind scale or category three wind damage, wind 111 to 129. Devastating damage will occur. Winds or category four wind 130 to 156. Catastrophic damage will occur and winds 157 miles per hour. Catastrophic damage will occur. We are potentially looking at a wind at winds of 130 to 156 miles an hour. Now, Remember when I said Hurricane... What, Chris? I was in Jamaica for Hurricane Ivan. It was a Category 4? I thought so. It was a gigantic... It was, it was big. It was a 4 to a low 5? Yeah, it was a brick house. I mean, They evacuated us out of the hotel, and I lost my plate of nachos. You remember that story. It was crushing. Okay, so we have potentially 130 to 156 mile an hour winds. Now, again... Let me emphasize a couple things. Like I told everybody the other day, people who live in high hurricane frequency areas, high frequency hurricane, high hurricane frequency, whatever. I went to community college. They do not freak out about hurricanes. They just simply don't. There are some precautions you have to take. Obviously, don't be an idiot. But for the most part, they just... Just buy a little extra beer and hunker down and go to sleep and wake up. There are obvious exceptions. If you're on like the coast, they're evacuating Galveston down here because they're about to get hammer housed. I'm sure New Orleans is going to get it too because doesn't New Orleans get every hurricane out there? So there are obvious exceptions. If you're in the low parts of whatever area you're in, which is always the poor people, that's the way it works. Poor people get stuck in the low areas. You might want to leave too. And lots of times you have to leave after the fact because if it's bad enough, like a Category 4 is bad enough, you might lose power for a long time. Now, be very, very, very grateful. We live here in the United States of America where our systems are so outstanding that even if you lose power, and they say you might lose power for months, you're not going to lose power for months here. They're going to have that stuff back up and running. I'm not going to say the next day, but just be, be very grateful you live in America. A hurricane like that blows through Haiti and you lose power. Yeah, you're not having power again for a long time. That's, that, that's all. But people evacuate when they shouldn't. Remember Hurricane Rita? I'm sure you probably don't. You live in this area, you probably do, but Hurricane Rita... They ginned up all this fear all over the news. Hurricane Rita, Hurricane Rita. It was all you could see. Every cable news program at night, the Weather Channel, Hurricanes are their Super Bowl. Hurricane Rita's evacuate now. Everybody get out. Hurricane Rita's coming. And then 100 people died on the highway. You die on the roads. Be safe. Be smart. Don't be an idiot. 
Don't get in your car when the wind's already a-blowing and think you're going to drive out of town. Calm down. Stay inside. You're going to be fine. Take the precautions you need to take. You're going to be fine. Eh? Nikki Haley, people still talking about her RNC speech. Not going to go into that again, Chris. I know you want me to. I'm not going into that again. Chris asked why I hate her so much. One, I do not hate Nikki Haley. I, I really don't. I would tell you if I did. But this is why Nikki Haley's not for me and never will be for me. You remember that terrible, terrible South Carolina shooting where that scumbag uh, Dylan Roof walked into the black church and killed four black ladies uh, or nine black people. I think I think they were all black ladies having a Bible study, you know, just like the most saintly people in the world, just little old ladies having a Bible study. And this scumbag walks in there and kills them all. And so, of course, the American media is absolutely loving it. Don't yell at me. This was the greatest moment in their lives. A white guy killing a bunch of black people is like the greatest thing that could happen for the American media who's been trying to gin up a race war for years. And they go tearing through the guy's social media, as you can imagine. And, of course, there's a picture of him. I forget if he was holding a Confederate flag or wearing a Confederate flag shirt. Now, at this time, Nikki Haley is, well... I ran out of time, Chris. I'll have to continue this later on in the show. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joining me now... The great Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, I don't know if you've heard, but Wall Street Journal has a piece out saying, and I quote, new thinking. The coronavirus lockdowns may have hurt more than they helped. Did you know that was new thinking, Sean? Well, I mean, I I saw that headline yesterday, and Mm -hmm. and my first thought was, I wouldn't call it new, Bob. (laughs) Some of us have been thinking that for a while. (laughs) Uh, I'm... 
I've been talking on the radio this morning a lot about what we're about to see as far as state and local governments, quote, raising money, meaning fleecing the taxpayers because of the budget shortfalls they themselves caused. I, I just told a story before you came on. Cops in some town have been ordered to issue tickets to everyone in a golf cart who isn't wearing a helmet and goggles. And people were furious. And I told them that's just the beginning. It is. I think my favorite uh, bit of nonsense from this is watching local officials close down schools, which you already pay for with your property taxes. And then because the schools are closed, decide, you know what, we're going to charge families $140 a day to bring their kids here. uh, And then we'll just do daycare in front of screens and then help them with their online classes. But we're not going to call it school. We're just going to charge you extra money for the money you for the services you already paid for. I mean, it's just the the insanity goes on and on. And, and at some point, I would hope people would finally say, we've had enough. You, you got to end this madness. Sean, we now have two people dead in Wisconsin last night. It was inevitable when these things moved to the suburbs. People moved to the suburbs specifically because of safety and they're armed. People hunt fish. They go to the range out here. Are we about to witness the stopping of the expanse of, or expansion of the Black Lives Matter protests? Are they going to change their minds after this? I actually don't think uh, these people who, in my view, are, are domestic, seditious, Marxist terrorists uh, and should be treated as such, they're not going to stop until there is a coordinated effort to stop them. This is clearly a movement for them. They have picked their targets well. And, and there's a reason they're only going into blue states and blue cities uh, with blue prosecutors because they know there's never going to be any, any accountability. Uh, and, and so until these blue leaders actually step up and say, you know, we don't care if uh, you like Joe Biden or your Democrats, uh, we're putting an end to this. It's just going to get worse because the, the longer this goes without them being challenged by any formal authorities, um, the more brazen they're going to get, which is how you end up with them just rolling in the suburbs, you know, shouting at people in the middle of the night, cursing at them, telling them to come out. Uh, eventually, people are going to understand, you know, no one's coming here to help us. Uh, we have to depend on ourselves to help ourselves. Uh, this, this is only going to become more widespread. We're going to see more of this, not less, as long as these leaders decide that they're going to create a massive vacuum of law enforcement. Doesn't that equal an election loss, though, Sean? Because, yes, it's been Illinois, New York, you know, places where they don't have to worry about winning an election. Democrats need Wisconsin. Might not be a good idea to burn down a Wisconsin city coming up on an election. Well, especially Kenosha. Kenosha is kind of a it's a national bellwether, but it's a bellwether in in Wisconsin. In 2012, uh, Barack Obama beat Mitt Romney by 12 points in Kenosha. In 2016, uh, Donald Trump won Kenosha by, I think, 230 votes on his way to just barely winning uh, the entire state by, you know, less than a, a full percent. So uh, I can't imagine that people are going to look at what's going on there who live there and say, you know what, we need more of the guy who is endorsing the riots and is fine with all this and, and less of the people who actually want to protect us and keep this place uh, peaceful and nice. Uh, I assume it will redound to the benefit of Republicans, but uh, uh, who even knows anymore with the way the media lies and propagandizes? I've heard people argue, very smart people argue, Sean, that no matter what happens in this election, 
Democrats are planning to litigate this thing to death. They're going all in on the election thievery thing. They're going to lawyer up and just absolutely rip this place apart if they lose. They are. The the thing about Democrats that you learn watching them for a while is once they accuse Republicans of something, you know that that's the thing they plan to do. So they in 2016, they screamed about Russian collusion while they were paying a guy who was in the pocket of an actual sanctioned uh, Russian oligarch uh, to collude in our election. So now when they say, oh, we're worried Donald Trump's not going to accept the results of the election. Uh, well, we know exactly what they're going to do. And Hillary said as much. She said, Joe Biden, don't concede under any circumstance. So with all this mail in ballot stuff, with all this chaos, I would not be at all surprised if you see Trump ahead in in blue states, potentially, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I say blue because that's who's in charge of the state government there. And, and don't be surprised if he ends up on election night, maybe a week or two after with the most votes there. And you're going to see officials in these states say, well, you know, what? maybe we're just not going to certify this. Maybe we're going to wait for more ballots to come in. It is going to be absolute chaos and pandemonium after this election, uh, regardless of what happens, because Democrats have made clear that they will not accept the results of any election that they don't win. Okay, so this is now just a permanent state of affairs. This is this is where we are. This is who we are now. Tell me how my national divorce idea has not completely taken over the country. I mean, it's it's. Uh, obviously the best idea going right now in the absence of people just accepting that maybe we should just be nice to each other and, and leave each other alone and mind our own business and let people go about theirs. Um, I actually think the biggest problem right now in our country isn't so much this cultural divide. It's the divide being widened deliberately for political gain by a completely corrupt uh, left-wing media. As long as they have the power and the cachet and the influence that they have, we are only going to see these divisions get worse and worse. So what's it look like, Sean? What's 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 America look like 10 years from now? More of this just worse? Do things calm down? I, I, I mean, that's that's a bitter pill to swallow that this is who we are. Now, I agree with you, but man, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It also, I'll say that, you know, 10 years from now, that's an eternity. Recall that you know, eight months ago, we had no clue that America would lose its mind and lock everything down because of a, a virus. So 10 years seems like an eternity. Uh, I personally think America needs Jesus, uh, and I would implore everyone uh, listening to find him, because in the absence of that, uh, I think the trajectory is pretty predictable. Just comes down to that, doesn't it? We, we've lost our way spiritually in this country, and now our God, in, in our culture, our God is leftism now. Right. Leftism is becoming the predominant secular religion in this country, and the only thing they worship is power. Um, So you can either worship the actual creator or you can worship a creation, uh, which is your own power. And and we know through, you know, 5,000 years of human history what happens when people worship power, and it's not good. Sean, what'd you have for breakfast? I'm not a breakfast guy. Don't. You've got to be kidding me. You're from Tennessee. No, I'm, I'm not a breakfast dude. I'll, I'll have my caffeine in the morning, and then, then I wait for lunch. Okay, are you at least a big lunch guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, love lunch. <sighs> okay, what, what what's on tap for today? Man, I don't know. I'm, feel, I'm feeling like a burger today. Okay. All right, I support that. American cheese? Uh, no, I'm not a big fan of American cheese. You know what? I want to go, Sean. I love America. Not a big fan <laughs> of America. That's Sean Davis, the Federalist. Thank you, my man. Thank you, sir.
I understand people who aren't fans of American cheese, Chris. But there is no other cheese for a cheeseburger. Let's just be real clear about that. And I'm a cheese freak. I'm a cheese freak. I like a thousand different kinds of cheese. What, Chris? You people can't even eat cheese. Well, not cheese and meat together, so you don't have any say-so in this at all. Oh, I can eat pepperoni, but I can't eat pepperoni on a pizza because there's cheese on it. You're not going to get involved in the cheese on the burger debate. I promise that. What? Maybe you can maybe you can chime, chime in when we talk about brisket. Oh, I had this fascinating conversation with a, a Jew up in uh, uh, that event I went to in Colorado. He was cool, dude, and he was telling me part of the reason Texas brisket is so good is because of the influx of Jewish people here. They brought their, yes, I know, isn't that impressive? I never knew that. He said they incorporated it into Texas barbecue. Pretty cool. Good job, Chris. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I would not talk to you about gold IRAs for just anybody. An A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau is extremely difficult to get. It shows you they have an established record of helping people diversify. And I can't stress this point enough. You have to diversify right now. Have you seen the debt, the deficit? The Fed is on an absolute money printing printing tear, which devalues the dollar. Don't have every dime of yours in risky stocks and bonds. Didn't you work hard for that money? I know you did. Make sure the government doesn't ruin it all. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Get up to $5,000 in free gold and silver coins. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly. Pressing me on the Nikki Haley thing, so allow me to elaborate. Dylan Roof, remember that scumbag, white supremacist scumbag, walks in a black church. I th- I'm almost positive if I remember right. I don't even want to go back and read the story because it was so ugly. I think he prayed with them. Like, I think he sat down and began to pray with them and killed them. Really ugly stuff. In the wake of that... They're digging through. They find him with a picture of a Confederate flag. I think maybe he had a Confederate flag shirt. I don't remember the details, but he had a Confederate flag stuff on. And South Carolina at the time had a Confederate flag or a portion of a Confederate flag flying above the state capitol. And the media began to hound Nikki Haley about having that flag taken down. Nikki Haley caved and took the flag down. Let me clarify. 
Wow, you know I love talking about civil war. I don't indict everybody in the Confederacy. That's idiotic. I don't have any problem if you fly a Confederate flag. It, it just doesn't, doesn't bother me. And I also have no problem with her taking down the Confederate flag. You make your own decisions for your state and things like that. All that stuff is fine. All that stuff is fine. What I do care about is caving to the mob. I care very much about it, especially when we're talking about somebody who wants to be president of the United States of America. You cannot be somebody the media can bully. You cannot. It is maybe the best lesson, in my opinion, it's without question, the best lesson Republicans can learn from Donald Trump. Give it right back to them. Screw them. Never let the media bully you. I do not view that as a nice little side benefit. In this day and age, with a rabid leftist media always trying to destroy Republicans, I view it as a requirement to be somebody who gives the media the proverbial middle finger whenever they want something. She should have said no, no, no. The answer is no, absolutely not. The flag's staying. If you continue to come at me, I'll raise another flag tomorrow. And every, every time you come at me and ask me about it, I'll plant a new Confederate flag in the lawn of the Capitol building. And then as soon as everything calmed down and went away, go take them down and take down the other one. You cannot let yourself be bullied. Otherwise, they never stop. Why do you think super powerful leftists don't really come after me that often anymore? You know how many times I've caused some national controversy already that has spread like wildfire? Do you know why they don't come anymore? Because every single time they have tried to mob me, death threat me, intimidate me to apologize, I double down. And then if they say something again and keep coming, then I triple down. And then eventually they throw their hands up and they walk away. And now they know. Now they know. Ah, not worth my time. Because he's not going to go away. That is necessary for Republicans. Necessary. It's the only way to correct that behavior. It's like parenting. I did it last night with my kids. Walked in. They were a little crabby. I think they stayed up too late playing, hiding in their room, playing the night before, as boys do. I'm not mad about it. But they were a little crabby. I was getting a little attitude. So I said, all right, go outside. And it was scorching yesterday here. I said, go outside. I said, what? But it's really hot. Or no, no, I, I told him initially. I said, go outside for 30 minutes. But it's really hot. And I said, okay, go outside for an hour. But you just said 30 minutes. Okay, go outside for two hours. And then they turned and ran outside and didn't say another word. That's how you handle that. You double down, you triple down. And that's my problem with Nikki Haley. Again, I, I would tell you if I did. Like, I can't stand Jeff Flake. I hate Jeff Flake. I, I don't hate Nikki Haley. I don't. I view that cave as making her unqualified to be president of the United States of America. Because this media will bully her all over the place. If she caved to that, Think what the Washington, D.C. media will do to her. They will have her chasing her tail all over the place. You can't do it.
You can't do it. That's why I was so against Rubio. He gets pushed around like that all the time. Take a stance on something. Then the media will push him around. Then he takes the opposite stance because he's scared. Then the people on the right will be like, why are you such a weenie? Then he turns around and takes the opposite stance. You can't do it. You cannot survive in this political environment if you are some kind of people pleaser who's just going to try to get by. Just don't yell at me. That does not work. It does not work. You have got to be strong enough to stand up to these people. You just do. And if you're not, then when the rubber meets the road, when the hard decisions come, I know you're going to fail me. So you got to go. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And I don't know who I want to run in 2024. I'll tell you, kind of like Don Jr. What's wrong with Don Jr., Chris? Hang on. I know what you go through when you can't sleep. You lay down at night and your mind simply won't turn off. I get it because I've been there a thousand times. Doesn't matter how tired you are. I have people, I used to have people say that to me. Well, you're just not tired enough. Get more exercise. No, no, I'm exhausted. I need to sleep. My mind isn't letting me. Ebb sleep, it's the only product I've ever seen that actually goes after the root cause of your sleep. It's not a sleeping pill, it's not a new pillow. It's a wearable device. You put it on. It calms down the racing thoughts, putting you asleep faster and keeping you asleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Enter the code jesse. That gets you 25 bucks off. You know what else it gets you? A 60-night risk-free trial. Tryeb.com slash jesse. Enter the code jesse at checkout. To clarify, producer Chris does not have a problem with Trump Jr. He just says he doesn't want it, and that shows you how naive and stupid Chris is. Chris, they all say that. They do that every... You know I'm right. This is what happens every time. Everybody, everyone who's ever run for president or any higher office has always said the same thing. Absolutely not. I'm never running for president. I don't want it. And then about two months later, they come out, I didn't want this. But everybody wants me to do it, so I will reluctantly try to assume the office of the most powerful man on planet Earth. I, 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 and look, it does me no pleasure. Obviously, I don't want to be the most powerful man on Earth. People are begging me to because I'm so important. They all do that routine. It's so old. As soon as somebody tells me I'm not running for blank, I automatically assume, oh, so they're running. They're absolutely running. They're setting this up. He'll have an exploratory committee opened up within a minute. (laughs) I'm so smart. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 